0: This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len.
1: Whoa, well, you never thought we'd be back, but we are. Yes, the, uh, the Weirdly Enough podcast is finally back again. After nearly a year away, uh, we had a break for covid um why I don't know. Why why did we break for COVID? Oh yes, we couldn't meet up in uh in each other's houses for for the longest bit. It kind of started about September that they brought in that rule and then it went on to what nearly December and then they brought it in again. So uh, that that was happening for a long time, and then the kind of summer came along, didn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And we just said, now nah, we'll we'll pause for a little bit of time, but we're back uh, and uh, raring to go with loads of uh, weird facts and uh, weird things for you. Remember, you can follow us. We're on Facebook. Uh, I can't even remember where we are on Facebook. I think if you search for uh, weirdly enough podcast. On Facebook you'll find a search Google uh, any search engines for weirdly enough you'll you'll will get our uh, our website. It has all the old um archive, I think it's what you call it, uh
0: seasons.
1: We did two seasons, and it was they were they were really short, very short. So I mean, should, should this just be a continuation of two?
0: No, this is season free. We're is from, it? right? yes, okay. it's very much a new era. <laughs> um, I mean, we're based in a, it's, it's what I would call a sort of technological command center, a command center, a command post.
1: I must say, it's quite echoey the command center. Yeah. And I worried about that at the start, and then I thought, no, that kind of adds to it in in a strange little way. It's it's got this echoey ambience and feel to it um
0: do you know what we should do we well, we, we, we need it more of a shtick i think um do you ever see that guy james english the podcaster
1: no i haven't got well, I've, I've seen him a couple of times but i haven't really listened to him i must listen
0: No, his, his format's different from ours That would be interviews right okay but the start of every interview he always goes
1: boom and we're off
0: <laughs> boom
1: and we're off see the thing is and you say his format's different to ours Ours would be like that as well, but we can't get people to interview. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. it tends to interview really weird. You know, like sort of either gangsters or strange kind of entrepreneurs, and
1: I must like check it. Female
0: on. wrestlers and you know kinds of funny people. I like got you know? There's
1: a few podcasts I listen to at the minute, but a lot of those kind of seasonal podcasts are away for the summer. Um, I, I listen a good interview one is uh, the one Emily Dean does on the Times. Oh, walking the dog. Bro. It's, uh, she, she takes people for a dog walk. Mm. And, uh, no, that's not dogging. Sorry, that's something else completely. But no, she takes people for a dog walk around a park. Uh, and they chat about stuff. It's very good. Are
0: these famous people or just, no, random? just
1: complete random? Or she just meet somebody in the street and say, come go. No, no, it is. It's, it's people like Mark Gatiss was on. And oh, wow, yeah. Can't even remember now, but they are good, uh, good names. Uh, it's, it's well worth looking at. Yeah. Uh, the other thing uh, you can find us on—we're on Twitter. We're uh, weirdly enough PC uh, is our Twitter handle, um, and uh, we don't use Instagram. We have an account there, but we don't use it. You can search for us on all the usual um, feeds. I think that's the, that's how you call the podcast feed. So uh, do do track us down. I'm just going to change the settings here slightly and bring up the timer, if I can do that. So what's what's today about?
0: Well, basically, to set the scene, I I mean, whenever I was a child, and even now, sometimes I like to listen to the radio late at night. (laughs) And there's all kinds of interesting things that you come across, especially, you know, in shortwave and and things like that. Okay, Now, there is a phenomenon... Do you
1: you listen to shortwave radio?
0: Yes. For the purposes of this episode, I do. Oh, right.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's that's just... I have I have had, like, in the past, a shortwave radio set. I've never been able to get anything. I've thought, maybe you need some... Signal. I'm
0: an avid listener of shortwave radio. Okay, right. right. Yes. Okay. 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 For the purposes of... so this is a narrative. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm setting up a narrative here. Right. You see, now, I've never come across this, yep. but there's a thing that started happening uh, during the height of the Cold War. Mm. And radio hams, radio lovers around the world started to notice strange broadcasts. And th- they couldn't identify where they were coming from. Was this was
1: Lord Haw Haw. No, this is later than him. Th- this,
0: you know, you say, well, this is a slightly different thing. That was, that was more kind of black propaganda. All right, yeah. That's when um, Lord Haw Haw used to come on and go, Germany calling, and mm. yeah, you know, I uh, know that sort of jazz. But that's a whole fascinating topic in itself. But that's one for another another day. Mm. Um, but basically, these were often weird melodies. Right. Or a mm-hmm. beeping sound, or a strange woman's voice counting in German, or the creepy voice of a child reciting letters in English, right. and they have all kinds of funny names. Well, these aren't official names; these were names that were given to them by the the enthusiasts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, such as the Lincolnshire Poacher. And it was so called because the opening bars were like a, an old folk tune. Right. Called the Lincoln, Lincolnshire po- Poacher.
1: I've just, this is really unscientific, but I've found the Lincolnshire Poacher here on yeah. uh, Wikipedia.
0: Can we play it? What does it sound like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was creepy if you were hearing that. So does that just go on and on? Or it goes it on and, and on. I've, I've, I've heard
0: creepier than that. Um, but basically, I mean, the consensus is yeah. that really, there's they think it's basically sending messages to agents in the field. Right. And it's like, it's all on code. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, another sort of idea is, and this is one that I probably... Can I inc- reach across? Oh, yeah, certainly, yeah.
1: Sorry, I just want to turn down the knob.
0: You can almost call it a radio, right you? Yes. we don't do that till later on. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I've, I've lost the train We yeah, my Yeah, there's one uh-huh. called The Buzzer, which okay. is uh, one that broadcasts from northern Russia. Right. And it's, it's like constantly a buzzing noise, and there's people saying strange things. Uh, but basically, they think it's yeah. basically... To, it's a combination of something that issues kind of orders to Russian military units yeah, in Russia, but also all the random stuff is to make sure the frequency is occupied so that other people don't occupy the frequency. Right. If that makes any sense. And uh, is it
1: what what am I thinking? Is it a code or what are they what are they actually broadcasting?
0: Well the Lincolnshire Poacher, um now they reckon that's actually broadcast that's actually a UK one. It's yeah. broadcast out of Cyprus. And it it's that way kind of weird Chin that yeah. introduces it. Uh, and then it goes to a pre-recorded English accent, the female voice, right. reading groups of five numbers. For example, <laughs> O T eight, eight. and the final number in, in each grip is spoken at a higher pitch. Right. Uh uh-huh. um, And then the buzzer is another funny one. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, it's it's broadcasting a a buzz tone at a rate of approximately twenty five tones per minute. Twenty four hours a day but then it breaks and you can hear voices in the background. Yeah. Um, because people can have heard, you know, I so saw on Russian obviously, people saying I am 143 not receiving the generator. That stuff comes from the hardware room. So it's probably <laughs> people Yeah, literally just chatting in the background. But I don't know if that's accidental or on purpose or that or what it purpose, is. It's like very you know? strange, yeah. It is very strange. Maybe they're
1: leaving the mics on all the time.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's very like there's different fairies to this um, another theory uh, is that the Biosphere is to do with it's like a dead hand signal s- signal sorry and it'll trigger a uh, nuclear response if the signal is interrupted if there's a nuclear attack against Russia right uh-huh. which is a weird one now there's a thing called the Cornut or the Conut sorry I keep calling it the Cornut it's the Conut project the Cornut <laughs> yeah not, I, I don't know why I, right. Um, it's It was run by a guy called Akin Fernandez. Yeah. And he, basically what that is, is it's recordings of random number stations from around the world. (laughs) Um, You can actually listen to it on Spotify.
1: Right, okay. So if you look
0: up, if you Google, like, Conant Projects, Spotify, you can actually listen to them.
1: And it's got like a, a desk release. Yeah, it, yeah. Was it a CD or something? 15th yeah. 15th anniversary uh, edition came out in April 2013 with a b- booklet and everything, of pictures of number stations.
0: So okay. you, could pro- I mean, you could probably order that, no, it was or whatever, you know. And I know there are websites where you get the, the, the examples of number stations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a quote here from this guy Fernandez. And he says he was fascinated by the mystery of number stations. He says it was so weird. I wanted to know more about them, and he put three years of his life into researching those. Yeah. And he says once you hear them, it has an effect on you. He says I never expected to be talking about it until you know seventeen years after hearing it for the first time. Mm. Um, and it's a weird thing because it hasn't really, it hasn't really impacted on popular culture. There's not that many kind of references to it. You know. I mean there was a film um, that was made a few years ago um called The Number Station and it was really like a it was like a thriller kind of thing. Um let's see, um who was it that directed that? That's a good question. Um that's very very unprofessional. But yeah, it's it's come up in weird films. It was samples from the the Codnet project yeah. were used in films. Um there's a famous ca- uh, Cameron Crow film called Vanilla Sky. Which is a very weird thing. It's think Tom Cruise isn't that. Right, yeah. And uh-huh. it's all kind of like a yeah. psychological thriller and uh-huh. the view samples from the number stations and that.
1: So the actual live recordings from those number stations are in the film. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And the AFX twin apparently has used it as well. Yeah. Um so he he's he's big into that. Yeah, the the name the pro, the name of the project, the Konak project, comes from a mishearing of the Czech world. Sorry, the Czech word Konak. Right. So it was as mistranslated as as conant. Yeah. So it's like they will say all this random stuff and then go end. Right. <laughs> end.
1: But that like konic is the word for end. Then. Yeah. If yeah, I got
0: some and in, in check. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, and and quite often um, there'll be like weird kind of random phrases mixed up with uh, random sequences of numbers, and it, it's basically yeah, it's it's it's. They reckon some of these could be dummy stations as well, just right. to confuse you, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. So um, that's pretty much it. I would say like the you know.
1: um, Apex fan is. We could do uh, call a call the weird, totally just about Apex fan. He's very, yeah, yeah. A very strange character. But um, yeah, it's a song called Mangle Eleven, or a song I say a track called Mangle Eleven, and the sample appears about five minutes into it. It's, uh, it's from the Konek Conet project, but uh, they, the person here on Reddit hasn't found the exact link. So there you go. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to listen to that, go and find it. Um, I, I haven't listened to Apex Twin in a long time. I used to listen to a bit of Window Licker. I like Window licker. Oh
0: yes, a very oh. disturbing video.
1: Yeah. I, I, I love the fact the video doesn't... It lasts about nine minutes until the actual song starts. If you look it up, hmm. you look it up on YouTube. Uh, window Licker. Maybe we'll put links to that. We'll, we'll also put links to the Conet spotify if if we we'll get a chance yeah I have to take note to this and do all this this will be me my little project for tomorrow uh yeah uh so anything else on number stations, so
0: I think that's pretty much it. yeah I think we've covered most of things um but yeah i mean it, it does seem to be i mean there there's a thing called um one time pads yeah and they're basically like little notebooks and the reckon spies again i don't know if this is still used but this was a thing that was used in the cold war where you'd basically be listening in to a particular number station and you get a code and that would be you and then it would be sort of like letters responding to num- numbers and things like it. In that pad, so yeah. it would be like going going i don't know going to x y and z yes sort of uh, kind of stuff yeah, yeah
1: uh if uh, anybody's listening and has any uh, information on, on number systems, we'd love to hear from you we'll put it out into another episode um also if you've got recordings of any of them uh, i know some things are kind of copyright issues and we don't want to just play stuff out that's why we're, we're directing you towards that spotify link rather than uh rather than ourselves playing it but uh yeah um we would love to hear from you it's podcast at weirdlyenough.com or contact us through the socials. Uh, I'll be back in just a little minute with some stuff about the Olympic Games. So, have you been watching the Olympic Games at all? I've before? been tra- I,
0: I'm not really a big fan of track and field, yeah. to well, be honest. And I, I mean, my only exposure has really been I would have a way listen to Five Live. Maybe first thing in the morning, and they're they're all very enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. we've won more medals. And right. I win like I'm not quite as that as Paris Morgan would be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You know, so uh-huh. I really, really rate good, yeah Gold medals. He only rates gold.
1: Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah.
0: I mean, it's understandable when, you, when you're as athletic as, as a flood, guess, Perish more yes. than you. He's obviously yeah. well, qualified <laughs> the, <laughs> well qualified the
1: judge. Right. Well, like our very own, weirdly enough, podcast, the 2020 Olympic Games was postponed because of COVID-19. However, the Games are now well underway. and There's plenty of variety in sport on offer. Uh, and this has got me thinking of events that used to be in the modern Olympics. But aren't anymore. So My here goodness. we go. First one is, uh, and this was as recently as 1982. Solo synchronized swimming, a strange sport of solo synchronized swimming, was a staple of the game. Synchronized swimming is weird enough,
0: but to do it on your own, it's just plain bonkers. But how is it synchronized? Because you're not synchronized with anybody. I know, yeah. That makes literally no sense. No, that's like a solo orchestra. <laughs>
1: Uh, and uh, th- this came up quite a lot. The plunge for distance. The what? The plunge for distance. It was an event in the 1904 games in St. Louis, Missouri. So, a competition combining the long jump with diving. Basically, competitors would dive into a pool and see how long they could glide underwater in less than a minute. Mm-hmm. So they ha- they were able to stay underwater for a minute, and then they had to come up. Uh, and the event was won by an American called William Dickey uh, with a distance of 62 and a half feet.
0: Well, see, to be fair, it makes more sense than I'm, I'm struggling with the concept of solo synchronized. Yeah. I, 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 that's like, I, it's that's like fab fun. Yeah. Or wet yeah. dry. It's, it doesn't, you know.
1: Uh, live pigeon shooting was one with real well, pigeons. We, we need to bring up, okay. Avian Slaughter was the name of the game back uh, in the Paris 1900 yeah. games. Where contestants would be eliminated if they missed two birds in a row. The Pigeon Murder Fest was won by Leon uh, de Lunden of, uh, of Belgium. Shooting sports actually uh, came up a lot in my research with that running deer uh, shooting. Uh, A game. Uh, Thankfully, uh, this early 20th century sport didn't Mm. actually use real deers but moving targets instead. So there were like pictures of deers and you had to
0: shoot at them. Do you know what I want in the Brangbach? What? Joystone.
1: Well, one thing you might quite like is dual fighting. Right. Uh, Dual fighting is, if it's more your thing rather than shooting at animals, uh, this was a sport that was included in the 1912 games in Stockholm. Contestants, uh, however, didn't fire at, at each other. Uh, health and safety killjoys uh, made sure mannequins dressed
0: in frock coats were used instead. Oh, that's no good. You want a proper duel? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> With like a, you know, oh, that'll be fine, yeah, that'll be good.
1: And back to Paris again. Uh You know dog grooming seems to be quite a business these days. Yeah, yeah. You see groomers cropping up everywhere. Well, back in, in the 1900 games in Paris, um poodle clipping was a contested sport. Right. The event drew 6,000 spectators. 6,000 people went to watch 120 competitors clip as many dogs as they could in two hours. Yeah, that'd be pretty good to watch. The winner was Avril Lafoyle, uh, who got the goal with 17 poodles clipped. Mm. The Paris ga- Games uh, attracted a lot of different sports. They even had events for uh, equine long jump and high jump. So they had horses doing long jumps and high jumps. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard the stories about the Olympic Village uh, and all the saucy things going on behind closed doors, well, yeah, have you? Yeah.
0: There's, uh, did, I, did I dream this? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. On a family, yeah. allegedly family yeah. friendly podcast. Um, but uh, the, there's like these sex beds. There's like these kind of beds that the wall, they only hold the weight of one person. Yes. And then they collapse.
1: Yeah. I've heard of that. I've heard of that rumor. Yeah. Apparently, apparently that is
0: a thing. It's do, it's, that's the day of the old um, the old, uh, COVID.
1: I think they're made of cardboard. Yes. Yeah. Well, so
0: if you do the old one, two buckle my shoe, it will just you know. Well, did collapse, You know.
1: Did you know that the Olympic organizers have been giving out condoms at the games since 1980s? Right. It started in Seoul in 1988 as a way to prevent the spread of HIV. Yeah. Uh, all the games since then have given out packs. Uh, to Olympians, including 150,000 available during the London 2012 Games.
0: Oh, so you don't want them coming back and having wins? Yes. With like random people I like guess.
1: 70,000 prophylactics.
0: Pro- that's one of the words I can't say. <laughs>
1: were issued to competitors during the Sydney Games. Uh, I think that was back in 2000, but a shortage quickly occurred and a rush order of a further 20,000 was made available to the Randy Sportsman and woman. Are. They are. They had to actually order more. The Rio games give out the most, 450,000. Some of the games even had uh, mottos for their rubber supply, including at Beijing, where the slogan was faster, higher and stronger.
0: I'm surprised they have the energy, to be yeah. honest. you know, uh-huh. yes, but you got to respect them for that. Uh, the I'd th- probably rather have a cup of tea, to be honest, after <laughs> an exhausting day on the, the track.
1: The Tokyo games have been... Uh, an exception to the available, uh, no exception, sorry, to the the free condoms. However, organisers say that they're just souvenirs and they should take them home, stating that competitors must avoid unnecessary forms of contact. Uh, with a two metre social distancing limit, it does make sexual contact all but impossible, I would think. Hmm. So they're giving 160,000 rubber johnnies to 1,500 competitors. Sorry, I'm writing this like a, um, like a tabloid.
0: Oh yes yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: more than ten per person. I'll leave it to you to draw your own conclusions as to how how many. It are sounds absolutely exhausting to be honest. <laughs> yes, especially in that. A cup of tea or an IPA. Yeah,
0: yeah, a nice chilled IPA it might be more more than fun, looking.
1: Are you supposed to chill IPA? I do. I
0: don't, I, I, I don't think up you're up your supposed ignorance. to, but I yeah. do. And do you know what? If any <laughs> listeners have a problem with that. They can contact me at ww. I don't really care what you think dot <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you know I like a nice Sorry idea, to come but... across passive aggressive, you know, but
1: have you heard um, Stuart Lee's stuff on on uh, IPAs? It does a really good Is he
0: pr- I think he's anti ipas isn't No,
1: it's kind of he's kind of saying that it, it's alcoholism hidden as oh I, I'm a connoisseur really. And he's talking about like
0: it's like wine wine's kind the, of like that as the well the thirsty
1: judge it's, it's you know yeah. 9.8% and it, such and it's, such you see it's, like it's
0: part of that subdivision of kind of posh alcoholism mm-hmm. the gin's a little bit like that as well you know you yeah. get people on the, oh I'm in the gin club look yeah. at me in my <laughs> Facebook post <laughs> gin club. no offence if you're into that you know because yeah. I do know people that are I used to you like know, gin and going on and about <sighs> the botanicals and all that sort of it's stuff it's
1: just got daft Gen. It's
0: okay. Like I mean, I, I don't know. I have always been a bear man to be honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. N- nice IPA, definitely.
1: definitely. nice IPA. What
0: was the, the? Do you remember the the had lagers in the day that had a like a young lady on them? Was that tenants? Tenants, Yeah, like I, think, I think it did. That's that's
1: pretty much before like, my time. Before nineteen eighty. Yeah. Just, I'd have those ring pills that you kind of you pull it right back. I I,
0: think, I I think we need to bring that back. Yeah. You know, Those cans would be like um. Collectors, but what you could do to avoid ca- accusations of sexism, you could have young young gentlemen as well, yeah. So, you know, if you're a bit sort of you know, ambivalent amb- 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 or whatever, you know, you could just go for whatever you want. Look, like, yeah. it's
1: like the nuts behind the bar, remember yeah, yeah, hot,
0: hot nuts, yes.
1: No, well, I mean, the nuts that were on a card, oh, yes, and yes, he kept taking one off, and it would show a, a lady behind, yeah, actually.
0: You normally have Peggy Macho standing there, you're going to get a more Pab.
1: Well, you meant Peggy Mitchell in the photos.
0: Well, I suppose back in the day, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week with a podcast all about mud floods. The great
0: mud flood. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if we should even go there, but we are.
1: Oh, We're never uh, afraid to shy away from anything on Weirdly Enough. Speak to you next week, folks. Remember, check out weirdlyenough.com or check the socials for more from us
0: thanks for listening to weirdly enough remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops and don't forget to leave a review email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at